Put out the dog and put out the cat. Go wash your hands. We're ready in three, two, one. Well, hello, friends and neighbors. This is Jason Kurtman. You have joined us for the Biscuits and Gravy Show. I'm bringing up his mic right now just because it needs to be. Here he is, folks. My co-host, my sidekick, James. Keep the change, you filthy animal, Nelson. How are you doing, Jim? I'm Batman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always come up with a funny name. He always comes up with a funny response. That's <clears throat> what makes us the biscuits and gravy, I guess. So. What I think I'm going to do is when I get old and all Alzheimer-y. Alzheimer-y? Bef- yes, Alzheimer. I have just coined the phrase. I it like it. Genius. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I'm going to I'm going to buy a a true to life Batman outfit and stick it in my own closet so that when I forget everything else, at least I will have the illusion that once upon a time I was Batman. Right. <laughs> That's like uh, the story about the guy who uh, tweeted. My boss told me to to dress for the job I want, so I'm sitting outside the president's office dressed as Batman. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, this is the Biscuits and Gravy Show. We're going to take care of a a couple of items of business before we get rolling. Um, Our one and only sponsor is SudsySoapery.com. you got to check them out. They're fantastic products. Um, I'll be getting my shipment, my second shipment in, uh, in about a week. I'm anxious to see what I, they give me, uh, or I get from them because I signed up for the surprise me option. I've been using the shaving cream. I, I really, the last time I got the box, I got, um, the splash on, uh, mint and lavender aftershave, Jim, and, uh, just started using that this week. Man, I love that stuff. Good products. Uh, if you're going to purchase some products from there, and I encourage you to do so because, once you do, you will uh, become a believer, a user, a subscriber for life. I almost guarantee it. I do guarantee it. What do I mean, almost guarantee it? I guess it's because I'm kind of afraid of guaranteeing anything in this day and age. But, but yeah, I guarantee it. You'll love it. Um, also, check I out... I only have one thing to contribute to that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I love the sniffing sound. <laughs> Thanks. You'd have to li- have listened to last week's show to get that one. So, thank you, Jim. So, it's what happens because Jim's Jim lives with a rabbit, and I'm not. That's not a joke. He does. So, if you hear him sniffing, it's just you know he's he's it's the company I keep. Right there, you go. So, um, also, Jim, why don't you tell him about the uh, smartphones? What we recommend you do with those? While I take a drink of my. Sprite Zero. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because I always say it at the end of the show, it threw me, because now I'm going to say it at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Do not forget to turn on your Amber Alerts, because the life you save may be somebody that you care dearly about. Absolutely. You can download all of our shows at ourfantasticwebsite.com. Um, that's a great domain. I just love that. Um, also... Um, don't forget that we have a Roku channel. We're fixing to give away a Roku. It's not too late to sign up. We're going to do that drawing on December 31st. It's going to be a computer-generated drawing, so that'll be really fun. Um, so you can sign up for that at BigBasinContest.com. Don't forget uh, to, if you do have a Roku player, add our app. You can listen to the Big, uh, the Biscuits and Gravy Show on demand. You can listen to Ches. Sanchez is those who show up decide on demand. I try to add a video or two on there every now and then. Plus, you can listen to the streaming 
internet stream uh, the radio there too. So check that out. Also, um, it's too late to do a little Christmas shopping now, but if you want to get yourself something nice, why don't you check out the store at thebigbasin.com. If you purchase anything there, I think like 4% goes to help us keep the website going along with the streaming fees. I got hit with a fee today, Jim, for the websites. Um, almost $100 for all the websites I maintain on. It's two different platforms, and they're they're both right about $50. Uh, that doesn't include the streaming fees or the domain fees or anything else. So, if you do shop, now is that for the is that for the year, the month? That How does is, that work? That's for one year. I used to be able to break it down and do it six months at a time. They won't let me do that anymore, because you know it's kind of like the time I went to buy a couch and the guy says you you can buy this on time. You'll love it. You make one payment and then you don't make another payment for six months. And my initial response was, "Hey, who told you about me?" But Oh, no. (laughs) So, anyway, no, it's nothing like that. They just changed the way they're doing things. So, anyway, yeah, I got off on a good good note there. Also, um, check out the survey. We've we've had a couple of people respond to that. Um, So, check out the survey there. If you're listening to the show, when you get done to the show, check out the survey. Just go to our fantastic website, click on the survey. We'd love to hear back from you. If you don't want to do the survey... Somebody, please send us a text at 803-615-4041. All you have to do is say, hey, I heard the show, I loved it, or hey, I heard the show, you can do better, whatever you want to want to add. So, well, uh, Jim, I think that takes care of all the business at hand. You got any shout-outs for anybody? I, I do. I've got a good friend that has kept me company on the uh, across Facebook. We use the, the Facebook phone app. Oh yeah, that they've got in the in the messenger, and uh, I'm able to talk and, and video chat with a good friend of mine in New Zealand, of all places. Uh, Vaughn Jackson is uh, tuning into us in New Zealand. He's he's a good Christian brother, uh, an intellectual. Um, just really really enjoy his uh, his company, and he is listening in to the biscuits and gravy show. Well, thank you, Vaughn. That's a good strong name, Vaughn Jackson. I like that. Good strong Come name. to find out, he is in some manner or another related to uh, 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 Colonel Jackson of the the of Civil War fame. Oh, very good, a- Andrew Jackson, Andrew Stonewall Jackson. Yeah, very good, very good. You know what New Zealand's famous for, don't you? Maori warriors. Maori warriors. Okay. Do you know what? Do you know who they're famous for in the modern day and age? Uh, I think. I, don't. I think if I'm not Ray Comfort. Von Jackson. Not, yeah, Von Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Von, he's, that's what they're famous yeah. for, Von Jackson. <laughs> yeah, that's that's old man Jackson's son. So um, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, isn't Ray Comfort from New Zealand? I thought he was from Australia. Oh. Okay. I well, could. We'll, I could. We'll have to I, I could be wrong on that. He might be. Yeah. Well, well very similar accents. For what that's worth. Well, to, to, for those who don't know who Ray Comfort is, why don't you explain who Ray Comfort is? Because not everybody may. That, that's may old man know. Comfort's son. No, that's right. Kidding. No, <laughs> um, he is a, a Way of Life Ministries, the director, founder of. Is that is that right? Living Way or Living Life or Way of Way of the? Do you remember offhand? Way of the ma- the way, way of the master. Of the master. That's right. He puts out a lot of soul winning videos. His partner. Uh, is uh, none other than the child 
former child actor Kirk Cameron. So yes. yeah, he's they've made a lot of good videos. Kirk Cameron, of course, still makes Christian films every now and then. Um, so yeah, but anyway, um, I've got a shout out this week. Let's see, I think I've covered it. No, no, I've got one left. Hi, Katie. <laughs> Katie, <laughs> Katie, it, you remember last week I did uh, gave a shout out to uh, Courtney and Daniel, and the week before I did uh, Clara, and the week before I did Zach. Well, today it's Zach's wife. Katie, and I'm going to tell a story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Years ago, before Katie and my brother got married, Katie used to come over all the time. She's always been a friend of the family. And, of course, in our family, for fun, we do a lot of shooting. Well, I had just bought this little uh, K-Tech P11 9mm. Don't know if you're familiar with that one or not. It's just a small pocket 9mm. Are you talking about kel -Tec? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, good guns. Um, so I this was back when I was a deputy sheriff. So anyway, um, she was standing in the backyard, and I was helping her with her stance and whatnot. And I had my arms kind of around her, gripping the pistol, showing her how to take, get a good sight picture and everything. And um, before I could move my hand off of the weapon, she fired. And, of course, my thumb was behind the slide. So um, you you get the mental picture there? Yes, yeah. yes. So after not not a whole lot of blood, uh, a little bit of blood and a few band-aids, uh, I tease her relentlessly about the time she almost chunked my thumb off. Chunked your thumb yeah. off. So, yep. So thank you very much, Chunking Katie. That's your shout-out <laughs> for the night. So anyway. All right. Well, let's see. Hey, um, let's go into we, – we do this every week. It's time for a few quotes, and we'll do our quotes, and then I'm going to play the game I play every week with Jim called Who Said It? So, Jim, I'm going to let you give your quotes first. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> now, this first one is by a fellow named Thomas S. Monson, and I'm sure somebody out there is going to say, you don't know who that is? No, I don't know who that is. I know who it is. He's Who's that? Old man, Old man Monson's son. son. <laughs> yeah. um, but I liked, I, liked, I liked the quote nonetheless. Uh, the quote goes like this. Christmas is the spirit of giving without a thought of getting. It is happiness because we see joy in people. It is forgetting self and finding time for others. It is discarding the meaningless and stressing the, 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 uh, discarding the meaningless and stressing the true values of life. Very good. Uh, did you want both of my shout-outs or, or both of my uh, quotes? Yeah, or? I like that one. Go, go with the next one. I want to hear that. Okay. Uh, G.K. Chesterton said, I do not believe in a fate that falls on men however they act, but I do believe in a fate that falls on them unless they act. Boy, that's really good. Very thought-provoking, provo especially in this day and age. Yeah, a lot of people they think that if they <laughs> there there was old there was an old song that says and if you choose not to decide you still have made a choice and it's something along the lines of that. Reminds me a lot of the Never Trumpers. Right, or the uh what was the uh Oh goodness. Yeah. My brain just skipped those yeah, guys. That that one exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will give you some quotes and then we'll play our weekly game and see if you, right. how many out of five you can get. Uh, Red Skelton. You remember Red Skelton? I remember Red Skelton. 
I used to go to this doctor in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, that had probably about a dozen and a half to two dozen of Red Skelton's paintings on the wall. Original paintings. They were all of clowns. Red Skelton was very fond of clowns. Uh, it turns out my doctor was a really, really good friends with Red Skelton. Anytime he would go out uh, west to either Las Vegas or California, uh, he would stay at Ske uh, Skelton's house. But he said this, and this is so true, and, you, and everybody knows this, especially if you've had young children. Any kid will run any errand for you if you ask them at bedtime. Yep. I was the same way. I was. Not anymore. Uh, now I'm like, oh, can I do it in the morning, you know. Um, here's another one by Red Skelton, and this is so true for everybody that's ever been married. All men make mistakes, but married men find out about them sooner. <laughs> Yep. Yep, I went there. I took the shot, as Jim you said last week. You took the shot. Yep. That's right. This is really good, too. I like this one. This is Johnny Carson. Talent alone won't make you a success. Neither will being in the right place at the right time unless you are ready. The most important question is, are you ready? That can be applied to many aspects in life. Be ready. Yep. Isn't that the Boy Scout, Scout motto? Be, be prepared. Be yep. prepared. Set, you know, close enough. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jim, it's time for the game. Are you ready for the game? we got to have a song for the game. We, we do. Maybe I'll we'll add something we're, in later. We're, we're going to have to work something out. Yeah. So um, here it is. Who said this? My IQ is one of the highest, and you all know it. Please don't feel stupid or insecure. It's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing um, you already know, but I, I'm I, I don't. But I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with a, a high IQ answer. None the none the okay. None the same. Nonetheless, none the same. Just the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Jim. Just be your same. <laughs> okay, just be my same. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, Richard Feynman. No. Care to venture another uh, guess? Uh, who I don't even know who Richard Feynman is, other than. Old man, finally, son. Yeah, he was the guy who who uh, did some of the first research in quantum mechanics. Oh, okay, all right. Fa famous for saying, "I'm sure that it's safe to say that nobody really understands quantum mechanics." Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, my IQ is one of the highest, and you all know it. Please don't feel so stupid, so stupid or insecure. It's not your fault. Good heavens! Yeah, this is going to make total um, sense to you when you when you get the answer. Total. It's either sense. A, it's either a comedian or a scientist. Okay, um, say when, and I'll give it to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give one more guess. I'm gonna say Richard Dawkins. Eh, nope. Oh well. Are you ready? I'm ready. President elect Donald Trump. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Now now you like get it right. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yep. Okay. Who said it is the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge, and my job to love? I'm going to guess, and that's all this is. Okay. Uh, John R. Rice? No, but you're not too far off. Billy Graham. Ah. Come on. You got to get one out of five here. Okay. All right. Here we go again. Ready? <laughs> okay. If you let your head get too big, it'll break your neck. George Burns? Nice. Nice answer. No. K 
care to venture another guess? Um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Donald Trump. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> um, if it lets you get get too big, it'll break your neck. Um. Oh goodness, I don't, I don't know. Okay, Elvis Presley. Oh, very good. Okay, I love this quote, and it really surprised me when I found out who said it. This this applies to Christmas time and the holidays. Having friends around for a pleasant evening is one of life's most cherished joys, as far as I am concerned. But when those with me are fellow believers, how much greater that joy is, for we know that it's rekindled one day in eternity. Wow. Um, I'll, I'll give you one hint because I want you to go in the right direction. Hollywood. Okay. Hollywood. Hollywood. Ronald Reagan? No, but you are very close. A good friend of his. Care to venture another guess? Oh, that doesn't help me. Male. Though. A male friend of his. Bonzo? Who in the world is... Oh, the, the monkey, right? No. No, it was not Bonzo know. the monkey. Um, it was Jimmy Stewart. Oh, very good. Okay. Okay. Hopefully, you can get one out of five on this one. Okay, you ready? Macho doesn't... I'm sorry, let me... That's not exactly right. Macho does not prove macho. Groucho Marx? No. Oh. Macho does not prove macho. This person also said, I want a man who is kind and generous. That's not too much to ask of a millionaire. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Now wait, you wait, know, wait. don't you? I do know. Come up and see me sometime. No. Um, no. No. Nope. Oh, oh, goodness. She lived in a place that is the place to be. Oh. I think that was her. Um, if, it, if it wasn't her, it was her sister, but I think it was her. Are, are you talking about Ellie Mae Clampett, the the, uh, <laughs> the actress? To... No. No, 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 no. I, I got it wrong. That was that was not, uh, yeah, I got that wrong. Ava Gabor or, uh, or Zsa Zsa Gabor? It was Zsa Zsa Gabor. Congratulations. You got your one out of five. <laughs> yes. That was close. Yes. I got one out of five. One Good out of five. job, Jim. I, Yay! Yeah. We have really, you, you know, you're in trouble when 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 you are violating your standards faster than you can lower them. Boy, that's a good quote right there. <laughs> you violated your that standards. That was um, I think that was a Robin Williams quote. <laughs> really, I like it though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're in trouble when you're lowering your violating your own standards faster than you can lower them. Yes, that's good. I like that. <laughs> so. All right, Jim, it's biscuit time, buddy. Biscuit. Biscuit time. So I don't have a whole lot in the biscuit department, but that's okay. We'll we'll go there. We'll see what happens here. So um, did you hear that Sylvester Stallone was offered a job with the Trump administration? Now, I know this sounds like a joke and a punchline, but it's not. Have you heard about this? Secretary of Defense? No, no. You'd think, right? Because well, <laughs> Rambo. No, but you're something on the long lines of something he's famous for. Uh, this is coming from the Conservative Tribune. He wanted to take the job. He wanted uh, Sylvester Stallone to take the job as the head of the National Endowment for the Arts. The actor really? famous for playing Rocky Balboa thinks that he has a better calling in life, and I, I really admire and respect him for this. He would rather 
help veterans find jobs. He wants to focus on working to find gainful employment and housing for those coming home from the service. No, that's great. No, it it, it really is. To turn down a, a prestigious position like that and asking, put me somewhere where I can do this. That's fantastic. Well, yeah, especially when you consider just how difficult it is for our servicemen when they come home to, to find gainful employment after that they have sacrificed. Because here's the thing. They don't get paid proportionate to the level of sacrifice that they put out. Right. And the skills that they walk away with don't often translate very easily into the common civilian market. I can give so you having something like this in place yep. is fantastic. I can give you a great example of what you just said. Those skills don't transcend over into the civilian market. I know a young man, I won't mention his name because he may listen and it might embarrass him, came home from one of the branches of the military, the Marines, I'll say that. He came home, he went to get a job as a security officer at a an amusement park. During the interview process, everything was going over really well. The question was raised to him, tell me about a time when you had to think quick on your feet and you made a decision that impacted the outcome of the situation. His response was, I was holding up a blockade line over in Afghanistan. A woman charged us, charged the line trying to break through, and oh, no. I, I butt-stroked her upside the her face with my rifle. He didn't get the job. <laughs> so, but why? Right, right. You don't do that at an amusement park. You know, you just you know. He was trying to get on the screaming eagle, and I, you know, so. Yeah, it just yeah, doesn't but work. Considering what he's trained to do, that right. still represents restraint. Absolutely. <laughs> oh goodness. He told me later, I know why I didn't get the job, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, now that you know that question. So anyway, oh, yeah, but but you're right, a lot of those jobs just don't carry over. No. It's hard, you know, even you know, you take somebody that's been working on a nuclear submarine for six years. Um, there's not too many nuclear positions available on the, on the job market, you know. So I know it can be difficult. A lot of people have to be retrained for, you know, they have to step down a level in their training. Sometimes they, they have to step up um, to something else. So well, and imagine if you're the docking pilot of the USS Batfish. Right. Right. You're the guy who is responsible for bringing the 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 nuclear sub into port you've got untold millions of dollars uh under your under your control not to mention the lives of all of your comrades in arms as you come into port right yeah excuse me what job are you going to find in the in the civilian market that is that is going to that, that the skill sets what what are you going to be uh, uh, a school bus driver? I mean, that that's that, that's about the closest thing you could do. Right. Now, th you know, obviously there are some jobs that will transcend over, you know. You know yes, yes. Um, if you're a recruiter in the military, there's lots of recruiting positions available in the job market. So, so that's just one example. Um, there are people in the military who fix copy machines. Um, that's another type of job that will um, will 
will slide over to the civilian market. So we're not, you know, it can go either way for an individual, but either way, it can be difficulty. That's that it can be a difficulty. That's for sure. Speaking and about, just for the, yeah, go ahead. Just for the record, when I made the comparison between a school bus driver and a sub, that was in no way intended to be a slight. I'm looking at these kids have got their entire lives ahead of them and untold gazillions of levels of influence. I was not being funny oh, in the yeah. least. No, I knew that. I tell you what. The I knew you did. I just yeah. wanted to be clear on that point. Oh, I, some of the greatest men that I have the greatest respect for are the guys that pick up my trash every Tuesday morning on the back end of a truck. Because um, they're doing the job nobody else wants. I don't know what they get paid. I've been told some of them get paid just as much as the guys down at the bank. It's irrelevant to me. They're doing a job I, I would prefer not to do. I would do it if I had to. If I needed a job and it was offered to me, I would do it. Um, you know, I, but I, you know, I've worked jobs. Uh, I worked under, I, I did security one time underneath the McKinley Bridge in St. Louis, which is when you leave there, you, come home smelling like a combination of 130-year-old rust and Mississippi mud. Um, it wasn't too far from the brewery in St. Louis either, so you could add in a few other mixes to that. Um, so, it you know, when you have a job like that where you come home and the first thing you got to do, you, a lot of guys go home and the first thing they do is take their shoes, shoes off and plop down on the couch and hit that remote button. Some a lot of jobs you can't do that. The first thing you got to do, your wife will take you, make you take your clothes off out on the porch, throw right. you a towel, and say, "Get in the shower." You know, you're not stinking up this house, um, and, and that's just the way it is. Um, speaking of jobs, here's a lady who can't seem to quit hers. I actually saw a documentary, 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 whatever, on I think it was Netflix uh, about six or seven months ago about this woman. Her name is Doris Payne. Have you ever heard of Doris Payne? No, I haven't. She is a world-famous jewel thief, and she cannot stop for nothing. She keeps getting arrested. Um, she has stolen over millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, worth of jewelry in her lifetime. Well, she just recently got arrested again. 86-year-old Doris Payne, an international jewelry thief, whose career spanned six decades, was recently arrested in Von Maur Department Store in Atlanta, Georgia, trying to pocket a $2,000 bracelet. Payne's arrest record dates back to the 1950s. Since 2010, she's been picked up by law enforcement seven times for various theft charges, all but one involving jewelry items. She's gained international repute when she was allegedly to have stolen a 10-carat diamond in Monte Carlo in the 1970s. The stone could not be recovered, which resulted in her release. What do you... That woman needs a job in politics. Yeah, right? She's... Hey. It's, it's kind of like that bumper sticker that I saw that said, Don't steal. The government hates competition. Right, right. <laughs> Well, anyway, it kind of you know, it reminds me, Jim, of the uh, story Zig Ziglar used to tell uh, about the this famous jewelry thief. I wish I could remember his name. I want to say it was Willie something. Um, his last job that he did, uh, he was uh, robbing this jewelry store. He, as he was running out of the store, a police officer was chasing him down, ends up shooting him. The guy falls down on the ground, rolls over on his back. The cop runs up to handcuff him. 
He looks up at the cop. He's bleeding profusely, and he looks up at the police officer, and he says, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was really. Yeah, yeah. Very (laughs) profound thought for the moment, wouldn't you say? I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. <laughs> nothing, nothing like a nothing like a hot lead injection to make yeah, you rethink right. your life. <laughs> hot lead injection, I like that. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of hot lead injections, here's a. I, this is how I kind of felt when my son uh, came home from school. We're riding in the car, and he he mentions that there was a conversation at school, and a question was raised. And he asked me what I thought about it. And I, I've heard the question before, but quite honestly, I, I just blew it. It wasn't ever raised to me. I've heard other people talking about it and saying it, and I've seen it posted on social networks and stuff. And I just thought, well, that's a stupid question. You know, scroll down, ignore that, whatever. But since my son brought it up as a topic of conversation, I thought I would address it. The question, yep. the question was, could God create a rock so big and so heavy that he could not lift it? Now, I'd like to give you what I told him in two parts, and then I'd like to get your response, Jim. Okay. So um, the, the first thing I, I told him was that, okay, taking that question, could God create a rock so big and so heavy that he could not lift it? I said, let's paraphrase that into what it really means, what the question really is. And that question is, can God, who is limitless, have limits? So. Yep. Um. Then I said, to paraphrase that or to put that in another form that you will understand, explain to me why 2 plus 2 equals 5. The response would be, it doesn't, it equals 4. To which the response would be, I didn't ask you what it equals, I asked you to explain to me why it equals 4. So in essence, if you want to have a logical answer to a question, the question presented must be logical in and of itself. Yes, absolutely. That sums it up in a nutshell. There, there need no be, there, there need be no more further. <laughs> Listen to me. I got my nose fixed, and now my mouth won't work. Um, <laughs> there, there doesn't need to be any further discussion after that point. There, I mean, that sums it up. So simple. And, and now I hand the gavel to you, sir. <laughs> well. It- Okay, there's a couple of ways to, to handle this. The first one is, is I'm assuming that by virtue of the fact this happened at school. Yes. That y- you've got to answer it a little bit. And I think your answer was, was spot on. I think it was flawless. So you're basically asking me about how a, a God without limits has limits. You've you've pointed out exactly what I would point out in the first moment, which is the question is flawed. Don't don't insist that I answer a question that is at its core flawed in the basics. I'll give you another example, um, and, and this was a, a, a kind of a neat conversation that took place between as a debate between Richard Dawkins, the the new uh, proponent of of uh, Darwinian evolution, highly aggressive, highly disagreeable, uh, has no problems attacking faith, making statements in public that 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 persons of persons of faith, people that believe in God, uh, are 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 ridiculous, and that religion is not off the table, and that they should be ridiculed in public with contempt. Okay, so that's who we're dealing with on this side of the ring. On the other side of the ring, we have John Lennox, which I like him because he's a Christian. He's an apologist, he's a mathematician, and he's Irish. 
Love to hear this man speak. He's just very, very charming. So, in John Lennox points out in the crux of Dawkins' book, The God Delusion, that the, basically, he says, Richard, that the crux of your book is you're asking the question, and he even cites what page it was. He says, basically, you're asking the old schoolboy question, if God created everything, then who created God? Right. And he says, and Richard, Richard, you really should have known better. He says, this is, this is something that schoolboy bullies try to pull, except for one problem. This is a straw man argument. Because in the first place, nobody believes in a created God. No one believes in a created God. He says, Richard, do you believe in a created God? And of course, the answer comes, well, of course not. That's right. I don't believe in a created God either. Jews don't believe in a created God. Muslims don't believe in a created God. Um, there's Buddhists don't believe in a created God. Nobody believes in a God that was created. So, Richard, what God are you talking about? Right. The question is flawed, and this is one of those things that gets thrown at people, and if you can't come up with an answer, then you're the stupid one, and, and they get to walk away gloating that they won the, won the debate. No, you didn't won, win the debate. You walked in with a substandard, log, illogical, non-sequitur argument, foisted it off as actual intellectualism, and then because somebody doesn't know what to do with that much stupid in one spot, you win by default? No. Right. No, no, no. The question is flawed. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. My my point exactly. My point exactly. So, yep. All right. Well, um any other thoughts or comments on that? That was real simple. <laughs> that, no. You I I was expecting about 5 more minutes out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint. No, 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 you didn't disappoint me, you know. That's <laughs> that's like saying, "Oh, it's too bad we got out of church early." We're gonna we're gonna be the first ones in line at Cracker Barrel. Right. I hate it when that happens because I don't have time to fellowship with the people in front of me. No, I'm I'm joking, obviously. So, uh, all right, well, uh, let's go back. I think that's all the biscuits we have. Unless you have anything further you would like to discuss. Well, uh, not really. Real quick, I got. Uh, here's the thing: when I do my shoutouts, yeah. I always like to get people's permission. Right and. And I got permission to give a shout-out to a good friend of mine, uh, Mike McGarry. Uh, he's here in Michigan, not far from me. And uh, a, a good friend, good brother, and, and, and good people. And Mike's listening in. Ah. Hey, Mike. Thanks, Mike. When we my, appreciate when, it. When, when, when my car broke down, it was Mike that loaned me his vehicle for for two days so I could get mine back up and running. Oh, yeah. I went, I went car shopping today. Yes. Not find anything I really want. I, I'm thinking about um, just fixing up my old truck and seeing if I can run it for another year. But I, I'd like, even if I fixed up my truck to the utmost, um, I still would not feel comfortable taking that thing out of state, unless it was to El Paso, which is only like an hour and thirty minutes away. But not like a trip to Missouri to visit my family or anything. Um, so I'm kind of leaning towards getting something a little newer. But man. I like not having a car payment. There's something to be said for more right. money, for more money, more money in your more pocket. Money. <laughs> yeah, 
I, there was a preacher years ago that came to the school I was at. We had chapel service, and he said there was three elements to success. God in your heart, a woman in your arms, and money in your pocket. And I've one out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Just don't get those mixed up. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah. Feel like Flip Wilson sometimes. I only work for MGM. Money, good money. <laughs> so, anyway, let's get into a little gravy. Um, I found a good deed of the week. Those are hard to find, but I, I found one. Um, it was a, a couple of parents um, pulling up the story right now. They saved some students' lives by going to the school and disarming their 15-year-old son. Uh, the morning after he went to school, they realized that some of their firearms were missing. They immediately went to school. Uh, they went into the room where he was. He had already fired one shot into the air. This happened in Salt Lake City or around that area. Uh, Mueller Park Junior High in Bountiful, Utah. Bountiful, Utah. What a name. Um, they went in and disarmed him. The father held him up against the wall until the police arrived. So I think that... How many parents would go that extra mile? I don't know. It'd be, it'd be tough to do, even if you knew you had to do it, I think. Um, I, I I don't know. I think I'd look at it and... I mean, there's there's... In the final analysis, there's what you can live with and there's what you can't live with. Right, that's true. And you know, I'd I'd be I'd be saddened, I'd be shamed, I'd be I don't know, I'd be concerned for what's going to happen to my kid next. But the only chance at leniency is if he doesn't actually kill somebody. Right. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw myself in front of that, um, because if somebody does get hurt, um, nobody wins that. Right. There, there's no there's no winning option coming out of that. Well, I'll I'll tell you, Jim, as a cop, there were many times when I had to deal with ch children who had problems, who acted out, and nine times out of ten, the parents were like, "Don't you worry about it. I got this. He's getting it. He's getting a whooping. He's getting grounded. He won't do this again. You don't have to worry, officer. I've got this." And I'd be like, "Okay, works for me, because that's the way it should be, right?" Right. In a case like this. Go in. Dad's got the son held up against the wall. There's a bullet hole in the ceiling. No, it's gone past that now. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. I get it. Yeah, but but I'm going as far as the police are concerned. You're right. absolutely right. It's this has got to go through some kind of litigious process. Absolutely. But when it gets to the courts and the judge has to look at it, I think I, I would tend to think that. It'd be like, okay, you're catastrophically stupid. Something's got to be done here. But if there are lives that are snuffed out as a result, it's it's got to be worse than a bullet hole in the ceiling. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So either way, I think the parents went, I mean, they, they saw the urgency in this and they acted. I think they are the heroes of the week, the good deed, the good deed doers of the week. And that just tickles me to death so any final thoughts on that jim on the good deed of the week? I, did you do a good deed this week i'm sure you did i i or, actually i did yeah. um pat yourself on I, the back and tell me about it yay well it wasn't a, it wasn't a big thing uh i was out with a friend and um uh fella comes up to me and tells me a story everybody's got a story oh yeah but uh and i'm usually pretty cautious about this stuff but uh guy came up 
middle-aged fella and, and tells me the story. Hey, listen, I just came from this particular location and I left the Christmas presents, my wallet, everything over there. And I just need some gas money to drive back and retreat. I'm, I'm on E and all this other stuff. I just need gas money to get back to there so I can get my wallet and get the Christmas gifts. Can you help me out? And I'm like, you know, you know what? That I can do. I says, tell you what, I'm going to meet you at that at the speedway across the street and I will put gas in your vehicle. Oh, and good. I walked in and I gave I gave uh, the guy behind the counter the money, told him what pump, and the guy pumped his gas and was on his way. So at least you know this was a legit thing where right. what happened was is the gas went in the guy's car exactly the way as he'd said. And I hope uh, he, he came back. He's like, how can I get this back to you? How can I get this back to you? And I'm like, guy it wasn't that much money i'm happy right. to do it go take care of your wife well, have a good evening hope, good. hope hope you have a better tomorrow good for you jim i tried to do a good deed similar to that it backfired on me big time oh um, no yeah uh i was a police officer in nevada missouri i might have told you this story before i'm driving down the highway the main highway through nevada and i look over to the right and there's like a one of those old buick tornados Brown in color. I think all the Buick Tornados were brown. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> um, everyone I've ever seen was. Um, it was parked on the side of the road, and there was a young man, about 16 or 17, pushing it. So I pulled over. Hey, what's going on? Oh, I, I ran out of gas. Oh, okay. Well, it's about a block away. I'll, I'll help you push it. So I pulled my car off to the side, get out, push him all of the way to the gas station, make sure he can pump the gas. He drives off. No big deal. Good deed. I'm feeling really good about myself. Uh, the next day, when I come in to report for duty, the chief of police calls me into the office. Got a question for you, son. Yes, sir. Did you push a brown Toronado into the gas station yesterday? I said, yes, I did. A young man ran out of gas, and I pushed it in and helped him fill up, sent him on his way. He said, did you run the plates? I said, no, I usually do, do but I was just kind of helping out and didn't think, you know. He says, well, if you'd run the plates you would have discovered that that car was reported stolen 10 minutes beforehand. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and oh, I'm like, man. how did he find out about this? Somebody saw me and reported it or something. I don't know. So, yeah. But uh, the other time, and, and this didn't come back to bite me, but I, I saw a guy down at the, one of the local stores here in town, and uh, he comes up to me, and he's got a, a one of these like a, a knitted necktie from the 80s that's squared off, you know. And, oh, right. And a sport coat that's made out of 100% polyester. It's got like three cuts in it across the front and about two on each sleeve. He's got dirt all over his face. His hair is going every which way. He would have made Albert Einstein look proud. Um, right. He's, he's carrying, mushroom cloud hairdo. Yeah, mushroom cloud hairdo. I like that. He's carrying this gas can in one hand that I can see obviously has a quarter in it, the uh, you know, the size of a couple of quarters in the bottom of it. And he says, uh, dude, I, I ran out of gas. I'm on my way to a job interview. And I'm like, who are you kidding? You know, so obviously not. Um, I said, well, I'll tell you what, give me your can. I'll go over there and get some gas for you. No, no, I, I just need a couple of bucks. I can get it myself. We're done here. Yeah, that's it. We're done. You know, right. right. So you got to use common sense. Um, I have a, a, a dear one that's passed on that used to pack his car up with hot coffee, blankets, sandwiches, 
and on occasion on Saturday nights take his car down to one of the worst places in southeast uh, St. Louis on the Illinois side. East St. Louis is what it was called, but it was the southern side there. That place will get you killed quicker than anything. Uh, but he would go out at midnight and pass this stuff out to homeless guys and gangbangers and everything else. And uh, great man. He taught me a lot about uh, loving and, and giving. And uh, So anyway, that's the good deed for the week. Let's talk about... Uh, thank, thanks to that guy, Joe, that guy, Martin, for these new segments. I absolutely love them. Here's a weekly strange fact for you. Uh, let's let's put this in the form of a scenario. Uh, scenario, yeah. A police officer in London, England, pulls up to a car, recognizes the driver, asks for her driver's license. Then he says, thank you addresses her by her name or title, whatever it might be. And she says she doesn't have a driver's license. He says, I'm sorry, mom, uh, ma'am, whatever, goes back to his car and leaves. Why would a police officer in London, England, not arrest a woman for not having a driver's license? Well, if the police officer is calling her mom. Well, that that might have been, I might have misspoken on that because I'm not real... I'm not up on English oh. culture and tea and all that oh, and crumpets okay. and all okay. that. Because because I'd I'd be going. Yeah, he I just called her. He just called her mum. In 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 general, either it's your mum, which wouldn't necessarily get her get her off of the ticket. Oh uh, yeah, it or, would trust me. <laughs> <laughs> or okay, okay. or yeah. or it's it's Queen Elizabeth. Bingo, we have a winner. That's exactly right. <laughs> By law in England, the Queen of England is not permitted, uh, is not uh, prohibited. That's what's a, She's not required, she's not that's required. the word, to drive with a driver's license. And the Queen of England is shaking her her her, her head right now at your poor use of the Queen's own yes. English. <laughs> yes, I slaughtered it. I slaughtered it. So there's probably a law in England being drafted right now that you cannot speak English without a license. <laughs> could be. Didn't they try to pass something in their parliament that Donald Trump could never come visit or something? I hadn't heard that. Something they, they were talking about it. I don't think anything went with it. So, um, let's see. Strange laws along that line. Here's a good one for you. In Maine, after January 14th, you can be arrested. If you still have your Christmas decorations still up. Oh, my. Arrested. Yeah. Or, now, as a cop in rural Missouri, I arrested a lot of people that still had their decorations still up. But not for that um, reason. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Here's a... Oh, did we mention this one last week from your neck of the woods here? You see that on the tracker? I do. Yeah. Go ahead and read that. Tell, tell us about that, Jim. Is it... Uh, says in Detroit, Michigan, it is illegal to let your pig run free in Detroit... Unless it has a ring in its nose. Did they make this law just for you, Jim? Do you have something to... There you go. That was almost too good. <laughs> Last week, the sniffing noises. Today, the runting. Okay. Suey! Yeah. So, strange laws. There's a couple of places. Weird but true headline. I, I've heard of... I've actually heard of uh, somebody... Santa Claus speaks... This is a headline from a newspaper in Alaska. Santa Claus speaks out against North Pole ban of marijuana sales. Of course, there's a place called North, pa North Pole, Alaska. 
Apparently, Santa Claus is the legal name of one of the residents there. And he is stating he needs his marijuana for his cancer treatment. Wow. Yeah. I, I thought this was, like, going to be a Cheech and Chong joke. No, no, no. Those are elves, you know. No, I just... I, <laughs> elves, Cheech and Chong. Meet the elves, right. Cheech and Chong. Those guys were... Um, I've I seen a couple of them in a few sitcoms recently that were made within the last 15 years. Those guys are hilarious. Never realized <laughs> how funny they were. So. But you've heard their explanation about Santa Claus and the reindeer? No. Lay it on me. Okay, the, the back and forth, and like, hey, man, we used to live next door to, to Santa Claus. And he said, really, man? Yeah, man. And, and Mrs. Claus, she made the best brownies. Oh, man. So what happened to him? Well, he moved up to the North Pole, you know, and every year he comes around and gives the little kids uh, 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 presents and stuff. Well, how does he do that, man? And they're back and forth. And he says, uh, well, he's got these reindeers. And he does all this in one night? Yeah, he does this in one night. And uh, I said, how does he do this all night? And he says, he's got this magic dust. A little bit for the reindeers, a little bit for Santa Claus, a little bit more for the reindeers, a little bit more for Santa Claus. Pretty soon, man, he don't need no stinking reindeers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And with that. <laughs> okay. The show just went from PG to... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. So, I, Jim, I got to ask you this. Have you ever found something in a dumpster on the side of the road, any, any found anything that was worth some money? Maybe in a house you were in and you moved in and then found it in the attic. Or maybe not worth some money, but was worth something to you for historic reasons or whatever. Have you ever? Yeah, yeah. yeah? I've had stuff like that happen. Can you think of anything in particular? Um... Well, okay, I won't include this one because I was told pretty much that I could have anything that I wanted. Right. Uh, right. But, yeah, I'm thinking of one. It's it's a bit of an odd one, but I came across a collectible uh, hatchet, belt axe. Ah. Uh, a, a, an old Norland, N-O-R-L-U-N-D, um, hatchet. And I looked at it, and it's like it, it, it looked like just a beat up old hatchet that nobody would have thought anything of. And I'm like, no, no, no. Um, can I have that one? Right. And they're like, really? What's that all about? And so I tell them, you know, hey, this was back in back in the '50s when Kmart uh, started was was selling uh, camping camping goods and whatnot. The Norland axe was actually it was an inexpensive axe, but they actually made a really really good axe. And when you go on places where people like collect the stuff now, right. um, that's that's one of those collectible items. And um, so there was that. I, I got to tell you, you, you mentioned the axe. It was worth a lot of money. I was in a thrift store one time and I saw a hatchet, an old hatchet hanging on the wall. And it had a big price tag by it that said $1,300. And Interesting. Yeah, I thought, man, that's a... That's a lot of money for a hatchet because you can buy one down at the hardware store for like thirteen bucks. So I asked the guy, I said, "What? Why are you selling that so much?" He goes, "You know, that's a special hatchet. That hatchet used to belong to Daniel Boone." Oh no! I, I said, "Well, I said, get out of here." He said, "Yeah." He said, "I'd sell it for more, but he said the problem with it is the axe head's been replaced sixty times and the handle's been replaced fifty-five. All for Pete's sake." <laughs> I knew right then and there it was a gag, you know? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so anyway, well, there's this guy 
in Paris, France, who had some old papers that were in his house that he'd passed on from his father. Um, he took them to uh, like a local museum to kind of turn them over. They were old drawings and stuff, and he, he thought, well, maybe they'll want it. Maybe they're, you know. Turns out they were original Leonardo da Vinci drawings, had never been oh, seen no before, worth $16 million. <laughs> Why can't I find stuff like that? No, I got to find right? a hatchet. <laughs> no, you know, I got to find, I, I found some stuff that was cool, but never worth any money. I remember on I-69 up in Flint, Michigan one time, me and my sister were walking up by, there's a bridge that goes over the highway. There's a little plaque there that says this bridge was originally, uh, the original bridge was constructed in, I think it was like 1880-something, little plaque. Well, I'm kind of kicking my foot around in the ground, and I hit a, uh, a smoker's pipe. Uh, that was extremely old. It was all one piece solid wood. It looked like something from the late 1800s. Uh, kind of neat. Kind of neat. I was, um, I'd lived in this house for about 10 years one time. I'm in the garage cleaning it out. And I came across an old 1934 uh, chauffeur's license uh, from St. Louis. You know, the old metal kind that you pin on your shirt? That was their chauffeur's yep. license. I found that. I found out they're not worth that much. You can get them on eBay for like five to fifteen dollars, but it kind of cool. Can you imagine finding a Leonardo da Vinci drawing in your home? That's crazy. That's like the find there, of the century. There was some guy in England here not too long ago that was that was digging under his house, and he ended up finding. I'm trying to. Th I might be having a couple of stories mixed up here, but he ended up finding this tunnel under his house. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I think the tunnel like dated back to like Roman times or something. Like it was a. Oh wow. Um, like it was a uh, a well or or, or something. Um, right. But uh, I think the guy ended up finding a sack full of Roman coins that were gold. Wow. That's a and, find. Yeah. You know, right up there with the Da Vinci drawings. Um, I wish I could remember more about it, but I, I remember hearing something like that. And I'm like, man, alive, that would be so awesome. Not only <laughs> to find some, some. I, I like the whole idea of sub-basements and, and secret rooms and oh, houses. Oh, yeah. That, Cloak and Dagger. Now, now you're talking. Oh, Cloak oh, and yeah, Dagger stuff. Yeah. The stuff um, that, that, that dreams, mysteries... And imagination are made of. Oh, I'd take the gold. I, I'd, I'd sell it off to some museum or somebody that could do something proper with it. Right. And then and then take the money and and figure out what I'm gonna do with this sub bay. I would be Batman. <laughs> I would have I a bat see cave it now, right now. Yeah, absolutely. Da, 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 da. Atomic batteries to power. And who would be your speed. Robin? Maybe I shouldn't ask that. You can be my huckle. You can be my huckleberry. Okay. All right. Moving right along. Okay. All right. Anyway. No. That, that's that's cool. Hey, let's do this. Let's ask the listeners to send in some of their cool finds. Yes. I would like to hear about that. It's kind of like our version of the biscuits and gravy antiques roadshow. We won't there tell you, you that go. what they're worth. We'll just pat you on the back and say, "Oh, that's pretty cool." So just just for the record, that that hatchet that I found. Yeah. Um, it wasn't worth a ton of money, uh, but it was it was a, a special collectible, and I updated it, and I ended up giving it to my son 
uh, as part of his ah. of his little bug out kit that he was making. Very I'm cool. Like, no, see now you got now you got some old school collectible serious stuff here. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see, we're running out of stuff here on the tracker, and that's kind of that actually works for me because we're running out of time. We've only got about a minute and uh, 15, 30 seconds or so. Okay. Are you familiar with the Echo Dot? No. Or it's an Amazon device. You're you're familiar with like Cortana or Siri, right? Yes. It's voice active. It's interactive. Um, I I own an Echo Dot. I picked one up uh, for a Black Friday sale for thirty nine dollars at my local Staples store. I've been wanting one for a long time. Saw it on sale for thirty nine dollars. I actually went the night before Black Friday because they were sitting on the shelf marked thirty nine. And I went and got it, and the lady says, oh, well, they're not 39 yet. They will be tomorrow night. We're just getting ready for the Black Friday sale. The manager walked by and says, I give it to him. I was like, yes. Beat the crowds and still got the price. I love right. this thing. It is so it is so funny. It tells the corniest jokes. Some of them are, <laughs> some of them are good, uh, but some of them are corny. I, I subscribe to the music system. Um, I pay $4 a month. I can say, hey, Echo. I, some people call it Alexa. I got it set to, to respond to Echo because it's easier for me. Play Sam Cook. It'll start playing Sam Cook. I can tell it to play the cathedrals. It'll play the cathedrals. It's pretty cool. Well, I guess for the Christmas season, Amazon didn't quite estimate correctly how many they were going to sell. And from it has been reported that they are sold out and they're not sure when they will be back in stock. Ooh. So sad news i'll try to record some echo jokes and comments for next week maybe we'll put those in the show jim i just looked at the clock it's time to say hello goodbye how feeder zane how are you something like that i don't know um adieu adieu to you and you and you okay so anyway <laughs> i will close with this i hope you all have a blessed week may god richly bless you may god richly bless our new administration and president trump and i mean that in so many ways jim the last word, please. Have a great Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs>